we are going to be doing something a little bit different on the podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in to the Lightspeed Lawn Care Marketing Podcast. I am your host, as always, Cody Owen, recording from a little bit different spot. You might hear a little bit of road noise in the background here. Uh, I am on a road trip with my wife, Kinsey. Wanted to make sure that an episode came out this week, so I'm uh, recording without my wonderful co-host, Robert Chapa. But I wanted to talk to you about the three most important strategies for building a $100,000 a year lawn care business. So we talked about this on the YouTube channel this week, but I wanted to kind of talk about the difference between a strategy and a tactic, right? Because I said in the YouTube video, these aren't tactics, they're strategies. And the difference between a strategy and a tactic is that these aren't little bitty tricks, right? This isn't like, hey, uh, you know, ultimate is a power word, right? So you should use ultimate in your, your copywriting to make your services sound super great. You know, stress-free is a, a really emotional word that, that gets people to buy, right? Those are tactics, right? That's just changing one word. That's a thing that, you know, if you taught a monkey how to press buttons on a keyboard, they could, they could do that. Strategy is about changing your mindset, kind of making an overarching mindset change to help any lawn care or landscaping business grow. The strategies that we talked about in the YouTube video are like focusing on whether you should specialize or generalize. Right? Should you be every green industry service that anyone could ever want to purchase, or should you focus on a handful of services? And I know that I you know, kind of phrased that in a way that made it obvious that we're going to say that you should specialize. And if you watch the YouTube video, you already know that we said you should specialize. The benefits of specialization are that your guys are going to be trained really well in a high level of quality in a couple of core services. That means focusing on, you know, probably for a lot of businesses, maintenance, weed and furt, and then like mulching and cleanups. Everybody's gonna be really good at those things. You'll be able to easily have kind of everybody trained in those things, unless there's like specific certs for weed and furt in your market. Generally, everybody's gonna be able to be trained really well. Uh, that core team that's gonna help you cross that $100,000 threshold is gonna be trained in all of the services you provide. So you'll be able to easily move people around. Crews will, will stay pretty plug and play where you can move guys as needed. This is not to say that you'll stay specialized forever. These are the tactics to get you to 100K and kind of throttling that growth in the six figures. But things will change when you're approaching a million dollars. Then it becomes easier to have, you know, if you have three or four maintenance crews, you don't need them to be trained in everything else. You'll be able to swap guys around from within the maintenance division to, to take care of any absences or if you had to let somebody go, you know, that kind of thing. And you might have, you know, bigger landscape install jobs that are going to require people with specific sets of skills. That's why we want to, at first, specialize and focus on a core set of services, because a lot of services require guys who are, you know, really good at specific things, but you are too early in the business to, to need those like hyper specialized guys. You want to be focused on a handful of services that you can specialize the business around at the outset and then scale. So we wanna be focused on a, a core team that can do several of these things. Their skills are generalized so that the business can be specialized. I know that that's a little bit counterintuitive, but that's what we wanna to do to, to focus in on just a, a couple of services so that you can provide the best quality in those services kinda of grow your business, build your war chest so that as you scale, 
you're able to have the marketing dollars to spend. You have a great team that's still growing. You can really focus on those things. And that brings us to, you know, why do you need employees? Well, number one, if you're if it's just you and then you are sick one day, what happens? We want to have that team to cover any lapses, right? That takes care of the employees. It takes care of you. If you're sick one day, the business still brings in money, still makes a deposit in your bank account on payday. If one of your guys gets sick, you know, the business still uh, is able to run. It doesn't go under because one guy is out sick. And a good employee looks like somebody who shows up on time, ready to work, does a good job and, and takes pride in their work. A good employee does not look like someone who constantly makes you feel good, right? We, we kind of have this thing as business owners where we want people who are going to tell us our ideas are great, the way everything that we've decided, you know, how we do things is great. That's not necessarily a great employee, right? A great employee might come to you one day and say, hey, I noticed that we do this in this way and I don't understand why we do it that way because I think if we did it, you know, in XYZ way, it would be faster, safer, whatever. A good employee might come to you. Now, that doesn't mean that they're like, you know, an ass about it. But we, we want to create an environment. I talk about this in the YouTube video where people feel comfortable coming to you with problems, concerns, uh, things that are going to make the business better, right? A business where there's good open lines of communication from the employees to their supervisor to you, the business owner, is going to run better, right? If people feel comfortable communicating with you, the business is gonna benefit from that. I wanna talk real quick about the right mindset for finding and keeping great employees. Number one, it's remembering that employees are never, and I didn't talk about this in the YouTube video, employees are never gonna be invested in the business to the same way that you are unless you give them an ownership stake in the business. So we wanna have reasonable expectations of the people who work for us that this is not their baby, right? Their baby's at home. You know, their baby could be a project car in the garage. It could be their actual children. It could be a dog. Whatever their reason for coming to work is, it's not the same as yours. They're not coming to the business because they started it, because they had a dream to be independent or whatever it is. They came to work here to get a paycheck and to be treated with respect. So we wanna make sure that we're meeting their expectations and that we're to the best of our ability aligning our expectations for what an employee does and their expectations for for what an employee does so we want to set realistic expectations in our mind realistic expectations in their mind and there are some people who just can't be pleased so i'm not telling you to like you know completely fall over and and get uh you know beaten up or whatever by this employee but we want to take really good care of our people and treat them with respect so that they care about the business and they want it to grow and they want to stay around and one of the big problems I talked about in the YouTube video this week is that when you have people leave because you're understaffed and they're being pushed too hard and they're not treated appropriately, is you create a vicious cycle of people leaving and then you hire you know, a not very good employee to replace someone because you're pressed and you need to get someone in the field. And then that person drives down morale because they're, they were a bad choice in the first place. And then more people leave and then you just end up with a team full of people who hate you and you hate them. And that is not a great way to grow a business. It's gonna really drain everyone, including you. The first way to figure out that your business is not a place that anyone wants to work is if you hate working there. 
if you dread going in in the morning because you hate the business that you've built, your employees are gonna hate it too. And I talk about this in the, the YouTube video we did this week, is like think about the things in your past jobs that drove you away and the things in jobs that you stayed in for, for a long time, whatever long looks like for your career. I know a lot of young guys listen to this that have started businesses, but think about the things that good managers have done, managers that you liked and respected, and what bad managers have done, and then emulate or reject those things uh, as, as you need to, to make the place that you're running, the, the business that you choose how it operates. Think about uh, the choices that you're making and the environment that you're building based on your past experiences, and really think about, like, is this a place that I would wanna work? Would I wanna be an employee here? I think that that'll really help you out. And then if you are struggling to keep the, the bench of applicants full, it might be time to start thinking about some sort of hiring ads, you know, if referrals aren't doing it for you anymore, then you might need to go out and, you know, kind of pound the pavement digitally, so to speak, with some Indeed ads or some ZipRecruiter ads. And as always, if you need help getting applicants in the door, we are happy to rewrite your job description uh, in a way that is, you know, sales driven, right? That we're, we're appealing to people about what's it, what's it like to work here? What's good about working here? Why should they leave their current job? Why should they take a job from you? You know, really thinking about that with a marketing mindset. So make sure to reach out to us at Lightspeed if that is something that can help you out. There'll be a link in the, the show notes here to our uh, contact form so that we can help you out if you need help. And then finally, we wanna talk about how to get more clients the right way. The big thing is that I want you to be increasing your client lifetime value. And that is a concept we've talked about a lot, maybe not by name, that is uh, mostly upsells, going back and selling to your best customers some additional services. So if, when you've defined those like two to three to four core services in your business, you need to then go to clients who don't ha have you know service number one, but don't have services two through four, and let them know about two through four and, and sell that to them. That's a really important way, that's a low hanging fruit to push you toward that $100,000, is to get a huge percentage of your client base to opt in to every service that you are excellent at. The, the next step here is to get more tactical. So we've talked about how mostly what we're doing in, in this idea of getting to 100K is like core strategies to the business. But it's really important when you're looking at your marketing, your sales, the way that you are growing the business is to use the tactics that we talk about on this podcast, on the YouTube channel in general, in our blog. When I'm writing my copy for uh, like, you know, information about a service we provide, am I making sure to use emotion words that like get a response from people? You know, is this landing page structured in a way that people know what next piece of action I want them to take? Is the CTA button, uh, you know, a nice bright color so they see it right away? Uh, that kind of thing. So make sure that you've looked through our YouTube back catalog, looked at our blog, the landing page content we did with Rocket Thruster quite a while ago is really, really good. And I don't know that a lot of people have seen it, but it'll really help you take your landing page from kind of bleh, meh, to like something that actually produces. And then finally, the best way to market your lawn care business to get over that $100,000 threshold. So scrappy ways, low budget ways that you can market most bang for your buck uh, to, get, to get great ROI are to focus on subdivisions that 
that you want to increase density in, right? So pick a few subdivisions close to your base of operations that are nice neighborhoods where you know you can get people to opt into a more than one service. You want to focus on those subdivisions in your market that you know you can sell services in, that you know that you can upsell into. And so we want to increase density as much as possible. So five and nine arounds are a great way to do that to make sure that you're hitting people uh, around your existing clients. And that is like as simple as going to the door and letting them know you exist, right? You know, hey, we're, we're doing cleanups in your neighborhood this week. We just took care of this house across the street. Look how nice it looks. You know, we'd love to get you on our schedule, you know, or provide that service to you right now if it, it works on the schedule that way. That's free, right? That's just a little bit of your time. That's a little bit of time from someone on the crew that you know is, you know, a charismatic sort of guy that can do that. The next step from there is to start running Facebook and Instagram ads targeting just those areas. And we have a video on how to do that. I talked about this in our most recent YouTube video. If you're not subscribed over there, uh, make sure to go subscribe. You want to focus your your ads on subdivisions and then you want to upsell back into your list so when a new person comes in you need to make sure that they're sent an email that lets them know about all of the services that you provide and and upsells them seasonally on uh, ones that are appropriate as you know fall rolls around and it's time for cleanups or springs coming up and it's time for spring cleanups that sort of thing but if you implement these strategies that we've talked about this week, it's going to propel you over that $100,000 mark. I know this was a little bit different episode than we normally do, but I want to thank you for listening. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so it always pops up in your, your pod feed. Um, thanks so much for listening, and hopefully Robert and I will be back in your ears together next week. Bye. Oh, oh Robert would be upset if I didn't say, and grow at light speed.